0: Hi, everybody. This is Todd Davidson, CEO of Demand Frontier, and I wanted to welcome everybody to today's case study panel. It's called Change Isn't Easy. Lessons learned while transforming a global enterprise marketing organization. And I'm really excited to have uh, a friend and guest, Lisa Cole. Lisa, if you want to say hi.
1: Hi, everyone. Lisa Cole. And uh, yes, I'm thrilled that you call me a friend.
0: There you go, yeah, definitely. So, uh, Lisa is the vice president of corporate marketing at Faro, um, a key client of ours, and um, yeah, we've had a, an exciting run of uh, working on the current project. But today, we're going to we're going to really dig in and look collectively across kind of our current experiences as well as a, you know, a career full of experiences as a. As a change agent, so I guess I'll turn it over to you, Lisa. Can you give the the viewers a little bit uh, a peek of your background and kind of your road to, to where you are today?
1: Sure. Well, uh, obviously, you've already shared that I'm the vice president of marketing for Faro. You know, really, when you look across my career experience, it's probably been about 20 years or so uh, focused on uh, really. It started off as a passion for sales and marketing alignment, feeling like an organization in order to really profitably grow. You have to figure out how to align marketing and sales in a way that unlock that value of that engine. Over the years, though, it eventually turned into uh, really focusing on how marketing needs to transform to be true growth drivers for their organization. So I spent a number of years as a CMO advisor and helping... Marketing leaders kind of define a vision for their organization and manage through that transformation. And then a couple of years ago, I guess you could say almost eight years ago, I decided to move from the agency and consulting side to become a CMO of a management consulting firm to help them transform their function from the doers of things, you know, creators of sales collateral, to truly actually being a a revenue engine for that firm. That was a successful experience, learned a lot, um, and then decided to move over to Faro last October when uh, the CEO had approached me and shared that he wanted to transform the business from an internally focused, engineering-led product company to a marketing-led uh, solutions provider. And I thought, really... How exciting! What an amazing opportunity that would be to be a marketing leader for an organization where the CEO says, "I want to be marketing led and I want to be customer centric in all that we do." I just thought that was exciting.
0: Little interesting fact, Lisa and I um, uh, worked together. This is my background. Uh, Demand Frontier is my second agent, demand generation agency uh, to found and run uh, previously at Bulldog Solutions, and we worked together. Geez. Like you said, it seemed like yesterday, but I guess it's uh, what fifteen? Very long time ago. Yeah, it wasn't a while. So we really boiled this down into when you're a change agent. There's there's typically three categories that we came up with, and so I thought we could talk a little bit about what those kind of categories are, what they look and feel like, and then. Yeah, I'd love to, to hear about from your experience what are some of those challenges and lessons learned along the way. Wanted to dig through uh each of those a little bit and kind of love to hear some of your your experiences across those boards. So kind of let's talk about the first one. Um, you know, where it's it's more the it's more the gradual approach to kind of quick quick wins, you know, get momentum, then look to expand. Kind of talk to us about kind of your experience both on the executive side and the the consulting side and kind of what have you noticed and learned along the way, you know, that we could, you know, advice that we could could give to other senior marketers that might find themselves in that position.
1: Yeah. Well, on that first scenario, I saw most often when I was in the agency side and I was a strategist or a consultant to CMO advisor, you know, what, what I would oftentimes see is that you'd have a marketer that really understood that marketing could, uh, you know, invest or think or even just work in a different way that would have a greater impact on pipeline and revenue. They almost had a desire to want to go on the hook for a number. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't, they for some reason couldn't get cross-functional buy-in on marketing being anything more than, you know, it's let's say more of a sales support function or, uh, you know, the creative arm that makes things look pretty. And so in those cases, oftentimes, you know, what I found worked was that they would take it one program at a time. So they would look for one opportunity and it's, you know, let's say a market segment. And one buyer persona that they felt like they could uh, just change the way they approach that particular buying influencer, Mm -hmm. develop a program um, and invest. It's almost like they had protected that investment in a pilot program and would start to actually generate something that felt like more qualified, more sales ready, and then be able to use the results from that initial pilot program Mm -hmm. internally. Uh, to then, of course, you know, get more buy-in, you know, a a recognition that marketing could be more. Um, And, you know, one of the things that I thought always worked really well uh, in that case were two things. One, if they secret shop their organization from a customer's perspective, and then took that insight and shared it internally. Um, And, you know, most people will agree that if the experiences you deliver to your customer are less than ideal, like someone ignores leads, for example, um, most people will start to rally around and provide you support. The other happened to be the wall of shame, you know, taking and visualizing all of marketing's uh, one-off tactics and putting it on one wall in the context of one customer or one account. And that usually also prompted people to think, oh, we really can't think about this one ad or one email or one, uh, you know, let's say event at a time. We actually probably should think about this more programmatically or thinking about a noise-on engine. So that first scenario seemed to play out more often than not. And, um it, you know, I think agencies are well-suited for designing and executing those pilot programs because it keeps their team focused on the core business day and day out.
0: You know, you may you may have mentioned just now about and that's a you know, that didn't come up in our pre-call, that's a great idea that the whole vision board or, or um, you know just visualizing the all the things that marketing in any of these scenarios are actively touching.
1: I do call it the wall of shame because you're shame. not trying to trademark trademark. You're not trying to, you know, in some cases and as it relates to buy-in for marketing changing the way it operates. Uh, is that you're not necessarily trying to highlight only the good. You're literally painting a picture to say we can't operate this in, this way anymore. Whether it's the experience, whether it's inconsistent brand, or disjointed messages, or just too many. I mean, yeah. you know, in one of those cases, I, you know, I in my case, the wall of shame here at Faro was one person receiving 600 emails in six month time frame. Yeah. And being able to visualize what that 600 emails looks like. Yeah. It was enough. It was enough. Um, That uh, second scenario was probably anchored to the same piece, but I didn't have to advocate for it, right? So I call my opportunity here at Faro the unicorn that most marketers are looking for. Uh, But I, I think maybe what makes it the unicorn is, The senior executive team had already come to the conclusion that our cost of sales was too high, as compared with our competitors, uh, and that there has to be a more effective way to market and sell. Mm -hmm. And then that's when uh, they decided to, you know, obviously have this shift or drive this shift, this business transformation and their go-to-market strategy. So I just happened to come here after that realization happened.
0: You know, we we were. We were talking about this yesterday, and and this has come up several times in the last couple of weeks. That I think that that unicorn scenario is starting to become more and more the norm, and and I think that's a huge opportunity for for top executives. You know, there are you know there are a lot of companies out there like Faro that you know very successful, global, you know, multi billion dollar you know market share. They're doing something right, or they wouldn't be. Um, they wouldn't be where they're at, and um, and I think you know, yeah, the 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 light has finally come on that this internet thing's not a fad, you know, that that uh, <laughs> you know, digital marketing has in fact actually uh, transformed the buying cycle and all of that kind of stuff, and so I yeah, I think I think it's one of the reasons you know, as we were looking for a, you know, topic of this panel that you know, I feel like this is really timely to a lot of marketing yeah. leaders who are coming in and. You know, it's always careful what you wish for you know if you come into the unicorn and you're given everything you ask for well then you know you're expected to deliver and it's a it's a tall order uh yeah
1: right. in, in, in a very compressed time frame yeah yeah we're it
0: gonna get into so. this thing it's it's insane you know that the, the you know and, and what we're working on together and and um you know insane in a good way um you know the level of of you know, top to bottom transformation that you know we see going on and that are helping you with um, um, there. Are uh, you know you you had talked about um, you know in this in this situation where there really is a mandate and a paradigm shift. You've you've kind of got two layers that you got to deal with, right? You've got you know the market itself, things that are happening outside of your four walls and a repositioning and those kind of scenarios, and then you've got the internal capacity and. And those kind of things. So yeah, talk a little bit, you know, in, in your current, you know, scenario, you know, the the um fire experience. I, I know we're very plugged into all the internal um yeah. you know, transformation, but you know, there's you know, obviously we're doing this for a reason. It's the external marketplace that that really uh matters. So yeah, kind of if you could talk through maybe those two uh pillars as it relates to kind of your current uh current opportunity and the current you know, work ethic
1: going on. Well, when you think about externally what's happening, I, I think this is true regardless of the industry that you're in or who you're selling to this year has been a bit, uh, well, let's just say unpredictable, non-typical. right? Let's just
0: call
1: it non uh, you know, um, <laughs> but at a high level Ferro technologies, we sell 3d measurement imaging and realization technology. Um, and we essentially, our core industries are automotive, aerospace, construction, and public safety. And when you think about three of those in particular, those are probably the, the hardest mm-hmm. uh, hit industries in terms of the economic shutdown globally, right? Um, and when when you take that into consideration, this a big part of you know who we're targeting, or manufacturers, or uh, you know organizations that largely came to a standstill. And globally, in many cases, even if the businesses continued to run, the individuals that we tend to reach out to and engage, those that are either our user buyers, the ones that make the economic decisions to purchase what it is we sell, uh, you know they used to depend heavily on face-to-face meetings and demos. They would uh, view, you know, the traditional trade shows and conferences as their primary source of information for potential providers. And that shift, that massive shift online, all the pandemic did was just accelerate this slow burning trend and it happened overnight. And so, We are, we were already working to reposition Pharaoh and the, you know, the minds and the hearts of our buyers, Mm -hmm. but doing so at a time where, you know, the way, what they wanted to hear from us and where they wanted to meet us totally shifted under us overnight. Um, And so we've been, just like every other marketer, managing through that. What's great about being a 3D, Uh, visualization company is we were able to pivot very quickly with virtual events. Um, But it did mean that, you know, we did have to stop and start and every plan that we had was completely leveled. Um, And so that's been the challenge that we've been managing through, just like every other marketer. Internally, you know what's interesting, and you know that second scenario, the unicorn scenario, that doesn't mean that our CEO said we want marketing to change. It meant our collective business was transforming. Yeah. So how does marketing change when it never operated in a vacuum to begin with, when every other functional group is also changing? If you listen to our earnings calls in February and again over the summer. You know, every single functional group within Pharaoh is transforming, you know, to execute on this new business strategy. Uh, So, how does marketing continue to support the core business through a pandemic and, you know, build these new capabilities to support this new business strategy, all while product and sales and service and finance and IT, all while those groups are also transforming? Uh, It's been, it's been an, an interesting year for sure.
0: Well, you know, you, you just said something that you know, kind of was an aha, Yeah, maybe hopefully one of the nuggets out of this conversation that, you know, could be of value to, to somebody watching it is, you know, like the Unicorn Snitch situation, which I think more and more is happening across every industry. It really, there really is a, you know, a glass is half full, you know, dynamic that came out of the pandemic and that you know, I, what's the adage, you know, or as a marketer, you know this, you know, you, you can motivate more people out of fear typically than out of greed or out of you know, desire for, for something better. And so, you know, it's one thing when there's this grand charter and vision and there's going to be this future state that, that we all believe is going to be better. And that's great. That, 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 that opens up doors, but it's quite another when all of a sudden, you know, the bread and butter of what's feeding your sales organization gets taken away. Well then, you know, if if you're in one, if you're a marketing leader and then you're in that scenario, then you can kind of use that as a catalyst to just, you know, quickly, quickly accelerate and do much more concurrently than maybe, you know, a company would have had the the, the risk tolerance or the yeah. When I say risk, you know, just the, the patience, you know, to, to go through such dramatic top to bottom changes concurrently, you know, because you right. still, got, you know, you still got earnings reports, you still got, you know, they don't care, you know, they want to know, you know, any you numbers are you making the money, you know, kind of thing, and so yeah, that was a,
1: it was uh, definitely I, again, it's hard to say that there's been any silver lining to it, but as a marketer. When you come into an organization, and I think many of us struggle with this, where there's an over-reliance on, let's say, trade shows or conferences, or even just individual tactics, feeling like, we need this ad, we need this email. If you find yourself in that situation, then one day, an individual tactic is not going to be the thing that works, or you can't meet face-to-face, not at a trade show or conference, or even schedule face-to-face sales appointments, it does immediately expose a complete lack of emphasis on this always-on digital engine. And for us, it did lift some of the stakeholdering that I would have had to do over a very long period of time to change the the minds collectively, internally. That it took that away. It was immediately like, "Oh, well, we literally can't do those things." And we did see competitively our uh, three, two of our three top competitors immediately threw all their money in online online marketing. But they weren't necessarily doing what we were doing, which could create the competitive advantage of we're not just increasing spend in a different way. We want to be very smart about how we convert that spend into pipeline and revenue growth um, so it is it um, it's been an interesting year to manage your,
0: um, you know recruiting and finding good talent is hard you know like I mean it's our, you know it's an agent I mean, you've been on both sides it's it's the number one challenge and and not just finding them but keeping them you know good folks are um, you know they're in high high demand and so yeah you know, when you think about you know, you know a b2b enterprise, marketing need and the skill sets that you got to you got to bring that together from strategic to creative to technical to data insights to you know you name it you know it is it is a a very high risk approach i think to say hey we're going to build all of this because it'll take the exact timeline you're talking about and then i feel like most organizations you know you, know, you still got you know maybe a 60% success rate, you know, then you find out like, ah, uh, crap, I guess this person wasn't, you know, everything that I, I thought they're not solving all my problems like I thought, so.
1: I can't just turn around and ask for more headcount to get more things done within a particular time frame. But if there's a unique opportunity uh, to leapfrog a competitor uh, by, you know, creating a bigger splash, if you will, around a new product launch, those are easier for me to secure. That's easier for me to secure funding for. And so, if you have a nice, strong strategic partner, um, and you can build the business case, you can scale much faster.
0: Well, that, that's a, a, you know a great segue. I was just in prepping for this was was doing a quick you know just step back of all of the things. You know, you talk about kind of compressing three years worth of transformation into it's been a little bit more than three months, but probably five months into the end. To end. Um, and I just, you know, I'll just rattle through at a very high level without going into, into, um, into depth. Uh, but, but from Demand Frontier, you know, this is the reason I wanted to do this, this case study presentation. You know, I think there's a, there's, you know, there's a lot of great agencies that can do great creative work. There's a lot of great uh, tech services companies that can stand up systems and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of data services companies. There's a lot of media uh, companies. But we've really positioned and grown Demand Frontier, I think, um, somewhat uniquely in the market. And that we, you know, each of those are really our kind of beachhead, so to speak. You know, we've got just World class season executive leadership, you know, folks that have, have led it, you know, at the C suite um, throughout their careers and our ability to come in and really, you mentioned speed and agility, you know, I, I think that's a huge thing. You know, I, what, I don't know if this is true or not, but you hear the, you hear the, I hear this thrown around all the time that the average tenure of a, you know, CMO or a marketing exec is a couple of years, I, you know, it's Not good. Yeah. It, it gets said enough, I assume it's true, somebody actually analyzed this, but to the point, you know, if you've got, you know, really two, three years to either make it or break it, you know, a quarter of that time is a huge part of what, you know, the, the sand in the hourglass is going down. And so that, that speed and that agility, you know, are, are highly valuable.
1: You know, thinking about the next evolution of our brand, uh, and of course, the, the, you know, thinking about uh, our strategic messaging and how, you know, you know a position fair or effectively, uh, you know, the underpinning of our infrastructure, making sure we have tighter data, data integrations and cleaning up of our data uh, so that we can be more effective in, you know, reaching and or nurturing a dialogue um, in a really relevant one-on-one way. Um, then, you know, I, when you're thinking about a number of the other activities that you're listing, you know, we do believe um, that, you know, technologies, the underpinning, it certainly can help us transform the way that we work. Uh, going through the restructuring, you know, one of the biggest changes here is the way that we think about marketing planning and marketing budgeting and having full visibility um, down to a granular level in terms of what we're doing in every market and how it's performing. Uh, So we needed to move out of spreadsheets and PowerPoints, and we needed to be able to provide our partners across the business with full visibility in terms of what we're doing and what kind of an impact it's having. And so, yes, Hive9 was a key element of this, but, you know, part of that is also having an integrated view of the marketing and sales pipeline. And so, you know, building that demand waterfall and uh, then be able to build the reports so that, you know, we can, you know, demonstrate marketing's impact in a meaningful way. All of this is happening at the same time, while we also, you know, admittedly believe that this year presents a unique opportunity to do some leapfrogging of competition. So where some competitors uh, felt like, hey, if trade shows and conferences are paused, we're going to hold on bringing anything new to market, we're leaning in.
0: Just looking at this this year in, you know, kind of, you know, talk to us about you know, the, the sequence and, and what this means to FIRO externally and in the marketplace, you know, as you launch this new identity and this new, you know, you know, framework.
1: I early next year we'll we'll go live with our completely redesigned global website. Um, part of that is a significant increase in smart and helpful content for our buyers, for those that, you know, we're helping to solve these challenges for. So it's not just a redesigned experience. It, it's, we're also investing in a significant amount of net new content that is far more uh, customer-centric. Right? It's, it's more about the challenges and how to solve those challenges and, and or you know how to create opportunities for their businesses uh, versus here's the feature set of our new scanner. Bringing this all together at once, uh, it's, it's going to be an exciting time for sure and thank you for your support and helping us get there
0: yeah well thank you it's been like I said it's been um, it's been rewarding on many levels so the internal decisions but also the 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 macro uh, scenario and I think it's a great case study of how do you how do you take challenges and you know how do you you know, how do you look for opportunities? The underlying lesson is like, hey, when everybody's selling, you want to be buying, and when everybody's buying, you want to be selling. And so I think if you're, you know, if you have those opportunities to take advantage, even if of a negative situation, I think this is a you know, perfect kind of case study of, of how doing just that. So.
1: Well, it is ambitious. Um, I know that some of my team might watch this video, and I just want to thank them. Thank you for all that you've done in such a compressed time frame. Um, Really excited about the work you're doing. And and Todd, the Demand Frontier, thank you for all the support you've provided us over the last few months. Um, When everything is kind of shifted out of the heads-down production and this all comes to life, uh, we should all be really proud
0: it so you know we'll wrap it up and say goodbye thanks everybody
1: thanks everyone
0: you've been listening to the flip my funnel podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player if you have an iphone we'd love for you to open the apple podcasts app and leave a review thank you so much for listening until next time